Hey, let's open up our Bibles, the book of Philippians, as we continue our journey in the book of Philippians. Uh, We're going to wrap this journey up together. This is the second to last message. Next week's going to be a special Vision Sunday for our church. And then um, on the 19th, we'll wrap up in Philippians chapter 4. And so we're in this last chapter in the book of Philippians, and um, we've been proclaiming a number of things, right? This is called Joyride, and this is not necessarily about some sort of like, you know, external, superficial joy. Joy is deep, deep down in our heart. Where? Down in our heart. Where? Down in our heart. Some of y'all know that from church. Some of y'all are like, I don't know what you're talking about, Pastor Rob, and thank the Lord for it, right? You haven't got scars like I do. But um, I want you to know, uh, this is something internal, internal. But let's practice the external. Come on, everybody give me a smile. Cheesy kind of joyful smile, right? Like, I think that matters. I think it's important because I can't really see your heart right? Only God does, but I think uh, a good smile, a greet, a hug, uh, a nice, uh, you know, hello is, is important. And so, um, but we're talking about something deeper. And, and this is one of my all-time favorite scriptures um, because it talks about something deeper. It talks about finding the Lord even when it doesn't make sense. It talks about experiencing the blessings of the Lord, even when everything in our life is not necessarily pointing us to him. We're gonna proclaim today that he guards. Everybody say, he guards. Last week we talked about he sustains and that Jesus was, Jesus is, Jesus forever will be completely victorious. We're gonna look at this fundamental truth today that he guards. Look in Philippians chapter four, verse seven. This is our our focus text. This is our main verse today. And then we're gonna, as we've been doing throughout this series, gonna go all around it um, to prove what this one verse is talking about. Listen to the word of the Lord. And the peace of God. Just sit in that for a moment. Maybe I'm the only one in this room right now that needs the peace of God, but there's possibly one person that also needs the peace of God here. And the peace of God, which surpasses, we've had some of these statements surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, which surpasses, everybody say surpasses. Isn't that that a great word there? This peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. God is about to do something that you could have never thought of, that you could have never even figured out without him intervening to display it in your life. That's the gospel for us at Vintage. The gospel is not that we've done a bunch of things to earn or accomplish what we have in Christ Jesus. No, the gospel for us is we can't do this without him. But thank the Lord, we can't, but Jesus did. And because Jesus did, now we can. You see, this is a surpassing piece that 
surpasses all understanding. And this peace of God does what for us? It will guard your hearts. If I touch your hearts right now. My, my boy's on the front row. As a dad, this is what I'm after. I'm not after the external behavior and trying to change that. No, I, I want to, okay, bud, why'd you act like that? Why'd you deck your brother in the nose again? And let's get to your heart, right? And so isn't this great that the peace of God will guard our heart, but not just our heart, your minds. Now touch your minds right now. Man, see, the Lord wants to transform your mind. Right thinking produces right living. How many of y'all, okay, let's, let's talk about not having peace. Anybody ever experienced a lack of peace in your life because your heart's troubled or your mind is troubled? Man, this peace of God surpasses all understanding. It will guard your hearts and your minds. How is this possible? Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord this promise. The peace of God can be found. I want you to know. The peace of God can be found. And here in this text, it says that the peace of God is described as something which surpasses all understanding. What does this mean? Ultimately, Nothing in this world can describe, create, manufacture, or provide this peace. A lot in the world is gonna tell you that your career, your finances, more relationships, the things of this world will give you peace. Y'all ready to get hit up, right? What's coming? Christmas. My kids are already very clear as to what they think is gonna give them peace. It might give them peace, but it's racket in my house. It ain't coming. Y'all with me? So the world's gonna sell you a bunch of things. If you have this, oh, everything's gonna be fine. But, but this is something when it's described as passing all understanding is something that at the end of the day, the world cannot provide. And in fact, if our hope is in the world, the world is on a relentless attack against your peace. Like the world does not sit back and say, man, I hope I mess up your world. The world is constantly deceiving you and trying to bring turmoil in your life. And so aren't we thankful for the promise in this passage that this peace will guard our hearts and our minds all because of Christ Jesus. So um, before we jump into some important things about how we find the peace of God, let's just root ourselves once again in the gospel. You, you wanna write these down. These came to me kind of last second in the moment this morning as I was studying. Um, write down 2 Timothy chapter 1, 12 through 14. Um, because in this passage, it says, but I am not ashamed, Paul's writing to his apprentice, um, to Timothy. He says, but I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed. Do you know whom you have believed? 
Remember, this can't be something that you can attain or experience without Jesus Christ. For Jesus Christ is the one who guards your heart and your mind. And so in first, second Timothy, but I'm not ashamed for I know in whom I believed and I'm convinced that he is able to guard until that day which has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of sound words that you've heard from me in faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. And by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. So what the Apostle Paul is saying to each one of us is in and through Jesus Christ, man, I pray you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. In just a few moments, I wanna invite you to trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But in Christ Jesus, through the dwelling of the Holy Spirit who now lives within you, he empowers us to have peace, to have peace. Another scripture, write this down, Romans 5.1. Romans 5.1 speaks to the promise of the gospel that brings peace into our lives. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, it says, we have peace with God through our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. Isn't that great? Since we've been justified by the gospel, we now have peace. I hope you know Jesus. You know, you don't have to wait till we play music and have an invitation. Right now, you can bow your head and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. In fact, let's take a moment right now. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Don't put your stuff up. I preach way longer than this. But this is a moment right now because I believe there's someone here that's come in this room today, maybe searching for peace and you've never known where to find it. And the spirit of God right now is opening up his arms and he's calling you home and he longs. God's word is very clear. If you repent and turn to Jesus, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. God's word says you will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And as Romans chapter five, verse one says, since you've been justified by faith, you can have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Take a moment right now and just confess Jesus Lord. Surrender your life to him. If you're here today and you'd say, that's me, Pastor Rob. Today, I confess and believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I just wanna celebrate with you real quick. Would you raise your hand here in the house? Anybody here today? Anybody here today? Man, I thank the Lord for what he's doing, the things seen and unseen. And I know he wants to bring about his peace. And so Lord Jesus, continue to speak to these people. You love them so much. Unleash your peace in our lives. It's in your name we pray. Amen, amen. All right, look right here. The peace of God is found in a number of ways around this text in Philippians chapter four. Take notes. The first thing that we discover here in Philippians chapter four is this. Uh, the peace of God is found with his church. Do you know that when you are saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ, you have become the church. And isn't it great to be a part of a kingdom of God church, the big C church that's all over the world today preaching Jesus. Um, but it's also great to be a part of a local church. 
and to partner and make a covenant together with a, a local group of people that have the prayer and the hope of preaching Jesus, making disciples and lifting high the glory of God. Well, I, I wanna defend this. And, and so let's look at this in verse one through three. Let's read the context. We're doing a little rewind from verse seven. So look at verse one. It says, therefore, my brothers, remember Paul, he's writing this from a jail cell to the church in Philippi. And I love this. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, and then check this, my joy and my crown. How cool is this? I mean, would y'all say Paul kind of liked this church in Philippi? Like, I think so. I mean, he loved this church, right? Stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. And then it talks about two ladies that are having a disagreement, okay? And it says this, I entreat Euodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Obviously, there's a disagreement that has been reported back to Paul. And then he says this in verse three, yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together. I love that. So how many of y'all wanna admit, I think it's so funny when people leave a church because there's maybe division or struggle within the church and I'm like, I don't personally wanna be a part of a perfect church. I would feel miserable and I would be the leader of that church. Like I would feel miserable out of place. Like this is a place where it's okay to not be okay. Y'all do understand my twins, identical twins. I don't know, like Annabeth has promised them thousands of dollars if we could just go 24 hours without a fight. Like I've heard her say that like boys, we would give you thousands of dollars if you could just make it one day without fighting, right? And, and, and so like people, what happens when one sinner hangs out with another sinner, you get a lot of disagreement and sin. That's reality. It doesn't mean we excuse it. doesn't mean we address it. You think I just let my boys go nuts in our house all the time? No way. We deal with it. Well, I love this because the context of this is Paul knows that these two women specifically had labored by his side. These, these were church people. It's not like these were people that were, you know, from the outside causing disruption. No, these were faithful people going through a disagreement. Anybody had a disagreement before? It's okay. Speak truth and love to one another. Handle things in a respectful way. It's okay to disagree, right? But to keep moving forward. And so Paul says, let's address this. Let's consider this. But then he brings in a third party. He basically says, hey, with Clement. We don't know a whole lot about Clement here, but we know that with Clement and the rest of the fellow workers whose names are in the book of life, there is this appeal for the church to get active to bring back about the peace of God. And I want you to know, one of my experiences with the church has always been this. The church has been critical in my life in helping me reconnect back with the peace of God. One of the ways in which God continues to unleash his peace in the world, it's with his church. With his church. Guys, we need the church. We need each other. You can't love Jesus and hate his bride. It's not possible. 
Jesus loves his church. And so here's some things and just an encouragement from the text. Number one, love his church. Love his church. Paul surely loved this church. Brothers whom I love. Number two, desire his church. Man, long for it in this day and age where people are saying, eh, to the church. Eh. It's like in my top 10 list of priorities, but it's not my priority. Desire his church. He says, I long for. And this longing, Paul loved and longed for. Number three, treasure his church. What does he describe the church in Philippi? My joy and my crown. Man, there's this treasuring, treasure his church. How about this, defend his church. He says, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Do you stand against the enemy in this world with his church? Locking shields of faith. We gotta defend his church. And then lastly, help his church. Help his church. <laughs> we need each other. And I need you in my life to say, Pastor Rob, can I pray for you? Pastor Rob, have you thought about something in this perspective? Um, I, I hope you'd crave that for me to come into your life. Hey, my friend, I hear you struggling. Man, I, I, I'd had that conversation with you. Is something off right now? How can I serve you? That's what's happening. That's the encouragement from the Apostle Paul. Everybody say, with his church. Number two, in his praise. The peace of God is found in his praise. In verse four, some of y'all who grew up in church, you're gonna start singing a song right now. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. And I'm gonna stop singing because you're about to leave. Rejoice. There's power in praise, y'all. There's even more power when you praise in the storm. There's just power in praise. And remember Paul, where's he praising the Lord right now? In jail. And it's not because he robbed somebody, he just loves Jesus. He got put in jail because he loves Jesus. Isn't it phenomenal that he's rejoicing in the Lord? I think it's phenomenal that he's even thinking about someone else while he's in jail and telling them to rejoice in the Lord. Because this is not necessarily him. He's writing this to the church at Philippi. A church that I pastored in New Orleans uh, wrote a song. My, my brother-in-law, who now serves the Lord in Greenville, South Carolina, and I love, he wrote a song called Shout Joy. And these are the lyrics. Shout joy, shout joy. Lord, you have done great things. Sing praise, sing praise. Lord, you have done great things. There's something powerful about praise. Psalm 92.4 says, For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. All the works of your hands I sing for joy. So how should we pray? Number one, praise. Praise him exclusively. <laughs> I've shared this with you. It's like an uncle to me in Annabeth, but my dad's longtime worship pastor, uh, he does something in worship services that some people would say is kind of cheesy, but fundamentally I know him as a person and this is his heart. But he actually somewhat can't stand it when people at the end of a service might clap. 
And even in such a way, like they clap after he's led a song, he feels so uncomfortable with it. And so like his name is Steve and I love him. He's like one of my uncles. I was just talking with him the other day. The moment people start clapping and he's on stage and he's just led in worship um, and it's a very traditional church, he goes, like he's just, but isn't that powerful? Praise him exclusively. I know people are gonna pat you on the back and say, good job, and you did awesome, and this, and this, and this. Man, deflect the glory. I'm friends with Kent Chevalier, the chaplain for the Steelers here, and that's his anthem this year for the Steelers. Deflect the glory. Praise him exclusively, because he alone is worthy of all worship and praise. Number two, praise him consistently. Paul says, don't just rejoice in the Lord, Again and again and again and again. Please look at me, church. Don't just praise him here at church. Praise him on the way to work. Praise him when your boss, the man, holds you down. Praise him in the ups. Praise him in the downs. Praise him consistently. And then how awesome is this? You know this type of worship that we get to do together with Josiah and Phoebe, the whole band and everything, y'all do understand this is a rehearsal because we're gonna get to praise him everlastingly. All we're doing right now is practicing. We're practicing what we're gonna be doing for eternity, which is lifting high the name of Jesus. Everybody say in his praise. Number three, on his mission, on his mission, continuing on in the text, verse five and six, it says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Why? The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, everybody say everything, but in everything, Everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. I love that phrase there. The Lord is at hand. Some people segment their walk with God as to think, oh, well, when I'm at church, that's when God is with me. No, God with us, Emmanuel. God walks with us. He talks with us. He's everywhere at all times. And in fact, some of y'all get so caught up in what you say or what you do, he knows your thoughts. And so let's just remind ourselves as we're sitting at a cubicle this week working, the Lord is at hand. Oh, Pastor Rob's not around, so my, my wife's not around, so nobody's filming this, so the Lord is at hand. And the Lord decides, desires our everything to be on mission for him. There's not one part of your life. Everybody look at me, and I know I'm going to make maybe somebody mad here. There's not one part of your life, not one, that God says, you can have it, and that's only for you. Not one part of your life, not one second in your life does God ever say, I don't want to be a part of that. I'm gonna let you, for these 15 you know, minutes tomorrow, decide whatever you wanna do for you. No, 
everything means everything. Every ounce, every relationship, every moment, every email, every meal is his. And so where do we find peace? It's peace on his mission. I love this. What's the mission? Number one, our witness. Our witness. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. At our men's Bible study this past week, that's, we challenge each other with that. Our witness to go out and be bold in the city. How about this? Our trust. Our trust. Do not be anxious about anything. Go and read this week, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 33, that talks about don't worry. Don't be anxious about your life. Trust in the Lord always. Do you know that one of the greatest ways that you can make an impact with your neighbors is when everyone else is freaking out, you trust in the Lord. There's a good chance maybe some of you here in this room might suffer loss, loss of job, loss of loved one. It's okay to weep. We believe in weeping. It's okay to be hurt. It's okay to be weak. But one of the most powerful things you can do in a difficult season is to trust the Lord. That's a mission. Because you are showing the world there's something greater than this world. Number three, though, our prayer. And I don't have to hit this hard, but you guys understand. Supplication, thanksgiving, requests. Our prayer is where the action is. And the greatest mission, parents look at me, the greatest mission you have is not when your kids are awake and you're caring for them, it's while they're sleeping and you're praying for them. That's your greatest mission. We close with number four. Everybody say, on his mission. Number four, by his word. The peace of God in this scripture is found by his word. Look at verse eight and verse nine. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. For what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And if you do, What's the promise? And the God of peace will be with you. Pastor Rob, I just don't understand why, I'm, why I don't have peace. Well, can I just ask you a simple question? How much time did you spend watching the news late last night? Getting the word. Robert, I don't, I don't have peace. How much time did you listen to the opinions of people about what you should do in life? Get in the word. Get in the word. Hunger for the word, love the word. The word will not return void. Here's some challenges about the word. 
Number one, learn his word. What does Paul say there? I love it. After he talks about the word of God, you might want to write this down, Psalm 19. Just go read Psalm 19. You'll spend five hours. You'll hear the word of God describe the word of God. Things like the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And so go into the word, but listen, learn his word. He says this, what you have learned. (laughs) I I wanna be a man of the word, I wanna be a man of the word, I wanna be a man of the word. Have you opened the word? Have you read it? And with all due respect, we have access through technology to a lot of people, right, who speak. Don't let that substitute. I'm all for it. I hope you're kind of here because you wanted to hear me preach the word to you. That's good. Thank you for the honor. It's a blessing for me to have a few people here today to preach the word to. But don't ever let even a pastor's preaching of the word, right, be the substitute or the number one place where you're feeding on the word. I believe God's word speaks for itself. You yourself go to the word. Learn his word. Number two, receive his word. That receiving his word is this. Y'all ready? As you go to read the Bible, everybody, let's practice practice something right now. Everybody repeat after me. Yes, Lord, yes. Ready? Yes, Lord, yes. One more time. Yes, Lord, yes. Yes. When God presents his word to you, he had zero thoughts about your opinions as to what's written in it. Thus says the Lord. So already come with a posture when you get on your knees or when you're enjoying that. Y'all know I can't get in the word until I have coffee. So there's just some things I just have to do. But when you sit down in your favorite chair and you've got coffee and you start to read it, before you even read what's in it, say, yes, Lord, yes. Yes, Lord, yes. Receive his word. Number three, see his word. Paul says what you have learned, received, and heard. So once you are open to it, now go and seek out every amazing biblical preacher, communicator that you can find that faithfully preaches God's word and feast on it. Long for it. I encourage some of you, put on your mirrors, scriptures. Put in your homes, scriptures. Give yourself alarms all day long, scriptures. See it. But then... We don't go to church, right, church? We are the church, so be the church. Be his word. Be his word. What does Paul say here? He says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. Faith without works is dead. Guys, you're not going to experience the peace of God until you live the word. You live the word. See, this is a beautiful promise in scripture, isn't it? Let's put 
Philippians 4, verse 7, back up on the screen. This beautiful promise in God's word is for you and for me. And guys, I 100% believe it is true. For as we sung about earlier today, God has been faithful. God is faithful. And God forever will be faithful to the end. So I wanna encourage you as we go into our time response, everybody stand, let's stand. We're gonna sing one song and then we're gonna have a, a time where we're gonna share about some things that are happening in the future of our church. But I wanna rest in the peace of God and I wanna highly encourage everyone to stick around. Uh, my wife, as we start to um, go into this song set is gonna go back and uh, lead our, our little ones back into this room. And so mom and dads just want you to know we're bringing the little ones back in the house because we wanted all our volunteers and everybody to be here today for this time. And so uh, just know as the, the music's going, kids might come and find you and um, you know, we'll, we'll make sure. Maybe twins, y'all go with mama too and, and just be a help to everybody. And, and so um, guys, we're gonna go into a time, yes, but let's not lose this moment right now. And I want to reread Philippians 4, 7, and then we're gonna sing a song about Christ being our living hope. We're gonna lock in on King Jesus together. How many of y'all wanna believe that this peace of God is available to us right now? And so, as we pray, and as we sing, and as we respond, I do want you to know we're here for you. If you've made a decision to follow Christ, you're gonna find QR codes everywhere. Uh, please take a next step with us. Be faithful to give of your tithes and offerings and you can give in person, you can give on the way out, you can, you can give online. Let's continue to be this church because true peace is found with his church, right? But let's have this moment with Jesus and he alone. And let's lock in on the promise that we have heard from his word today. So let's read this out loud together. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's worship and sing to him.